And to hear somebody now uh, who's in your position, who has over 900 doors uh, and over $120 million in real estate, coming from, you know, the humble beginnings of a couple of triplexes is, is really encouraging. Uh, you know, pretty much everybody you talk to could be a potential investor. You know, it doesn't matter what they're wearing. It doesn't matter what they look like. Uh, I mean, it, and I mean, it's just, it takes you by surprise sometimes. Hi, Whitney. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing great, Jason. It's an honor to be here. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, I was on your show uh, a few weeks ago and uh, really enjoyed the process and, and getting to know you. Um, but I wanted to take a little bit more time to, uh, to hear more of your story um, and share that with, uh, with our audience. Um, you know, how did you get started in the syndication business is one thing I'm curious about. Yeah, it depends on how, how long we have, <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll give you a brief story. But I, I joined the military in, in, uh, in 2001, uh, you know, had no idea that uh, it, I was in, it was in March of 2001. And I had no idea that in just a few short months that, that our, our nation would be at war. And, you know, I'd be spending a year of my life in Iraq, toting around a machine gun, you know, praying every day I get to go home and, and, uh, you know, not, not everybody in my squad made it home, unfortunately. Uh, but, um, but, you know, after coming home from Iraq, trying to figure out what I was going to do for a career, um, I, I quickly transitioned to law enforcement, you know, 1200 applicants for five positions and, and, uh, thank the Lord, I, I got one of those. And, uh, but, you know, something that was with Kentucky State Police. And, and I like to tell people, you know, something the military and law enforcement taught me was to have like a never give up mentality. Sure. And, and that, you know, that, you know, obviously, it's not an option to give up when there's lives on the line, you know, and, 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 you know, wow. whether it's in Iraq, or whether it's on the street, you know, as a as a police officer, you know, that had to show from the way I wore my uniform, just or to the way I responded to every dispatch. And, Absolutely. And, and so, you know, just very important. And, 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 you know, so many stories behind that from especially working the road, you know, where even how your uniform can save your life, depending. I on hear that you know. so often, you know, the, the lessons that folks can take away from being in the, the military and, and, and serving mm -hmm. for our country. And I wanted to say thank you for your service, Whitney, and everything that you've done for our country. It's, uh, you know, the sacrifices that people like you make that provide us with the luxuries we have. And, the great opportunities we have. So thank you again for that. And you were actually awarded uh, soldier of the year in 2005. Is that right? I was. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. But uh, that was the year that I was overseas was all of 05. So I was, I was grateful to get it that year, if any year, you know, because that was the year that we were in Iraq the entire year. Uh, but, uh, but yes. Um, so you have all these, all of this great, uh, I mean, tough experience and in some cases, but you know, uh, an experience that really molded you into who you became later on. How did that lead you to, uh, to real estate? Yeah. So as a police officer, you know, I loved working the road. I, I would have, I would have done it for free almost the first probably two years that I was, I was working the road. I just, I just really enjoyed it. However, quickly so you were like, you were mostly like, uh, pulling people over for speeding and uh, traffic violations. Or? Yeah. Anything on the road. I mean, it, okay. it could be a number of things, but, uh, but yes, you know, we did that as well. I mean, just state police, you know, so any, anytime, you know, state police were called. So, um, for a number of things, but, uh, 
but you know, after being in that a couple of years, I got married and quickly realized that it just wasn't the best family position. My wife and I just passed each other in the hallway the first whole year, first year of marriage and said, okay, you know, this is, this is not what's best, but I also had an income problem. And I hadn't, I wasn't raised around entrepreneurs. I, I didn't, I wasn't raised around anybody in real estate. I didn't even know this was a thing, honestly. Um, you know, until at this point I started searching, you know, we, you know, I was making like 30 to $35,000 a year working every night, week and holiday and, and all the overtime that I could get as well, you know? So, so it, it, you know, I was just looking for something else to supplement my income, you know, not really thinking about leaving law enforcement at that time. Um, but you know, that, that pushed me to real estate. Uh, that was 2009. I bought a couple triplexes and, uh, you know, well, in that year. What was it that, that got you interested in real estate? So you were, you were on the road a lot. You, I mean, imagine. Just the lack of see, income really. Yeah. Okay. So you, so you did that start with like a Google search or talking to friends or. You know, uh, probably a Google search I would imagine or something like that, you know, cause I know quickly I read rich dad, poor dad and some other books and I, my eyes were like open to this this possibility, right? And so many Classic. other people who have built wealth, you know, in real estate. And I thought, okay, if they can do it, I can do it too. Yeah. And I hear that so many times the reference to rich dad, poor dad. And uh, that's one thing when people are, um, you know, tiptoeing around the idea of real estate or, you know, doing some entrepreneurial endeavor outside of their nine to five, that's always a great place to start with that book by Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. So, um, you got, you said you bought a couple of single family rentals first? A couple triplexes. Triplexes. Yeah, we bought a couple of triplexes. That was still in Kentucky. That was in 2009. And um, I, then during that same time, I became a federal agent. And that, so I left state police and we went federal. And then that moved my wife and I to Virginia, where we still live now. Oh, wow. So um, was that like the FBI or CIA? No, no, it was a, yeah, my, my title is special agent, but I was actually an agent uh, for the Department of Transportation, the USDOT. Okay, cool. My, my father works with the Minnesota Department of Transportation. Okay. Um, very cool. And you um, have a couple of triplexes and they were in Virginia where you guys moved? They were, they were in Kentucky. And, were in Kentucky. And then, so now you're remote and you still owned them? We did. We owned them for probably another year and, and then sold those. And then, you know, and I started buying or uh, looking at, you know, some single family and some smaller multifamily in Virginia at that time. And, and then we, we got up to uh, like a 15 unit, which actually just sold a few months ago. Um, but, you know, I, I didn't know that this, this syndication thing was even a, even a, a possibility at that point. So we, you know, that was really my focus was how many doors do I have to have to replace my income or, or at least to supplement, you know, and, and that's what, that was my goal at that time. Okay. So you've got the, you've got the triplexes and um, you've got some supple, supplementation to your income. You, you switch jobs. You're probably earning more with the USDOT and, um, what made you take the next step? Yeah, you know, I was, like I said, I, I was introduced to, to syndication and I didn't know, I don't know if it's from a book or from a podcast or what, but the more I realized that, you know, that I can, I can work with professionals and we can scale faster, we can work with investors, all those things about the syndication business, you know, that, okay, you know, this is a business model that I can scale. And so, you know, as opposed to what I was doing with, you know, looking for more tenants and toilets, you know, uh, and self-managing and, and it was just way too time consuming, uh, you know, for what, for what we could accomplish. 
you know, and so, uh, you know, just quickly jumped in and said, okay, you know, this is what we're going to do. I mean, I had a farm at that time as well in Virginia and we sold our farm. I was training horse. That's a whole nother part of the story, but I was training <laughs> horses professionally at the same time as well. Busy guy. And, and, uh, and, but we gave up, gave all that up. Cause I knew, uh, I mean, uh, the, the horse training business was never going to be passive and I'd be in the, I'd be in the arena till midnight most nights while still working full time. And it was causing me to miss, you know, what was most important to me, like time with my wife, Chelsea and our boys, you know, Samuel and Elijah. And, and so quickly I said, okay, you know, this is, this is just not what's best again. And so we just, we gave all that up to just to be, just to hit the syndication business head on. Wow. So you kind of took an approach where um, you, you made a shift and you decided to take that path. You kind of uh, burnt the ships in a, in a, in a manner of saying. Right. Yep. Burnt the bridge or yeah. Right. <laughs> went, went full force into syndication. That's awesome. That's, and that's your, at the time was your wife working? Uh, like one day a week. She, she works at home. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what What I think is so incredible about these stories, Whitney, is is really honing in on, you know, where you began, because so many people are are in that position, you know, with uh, thinking about just buying their first rental, or maybe they own one or two, and they're trying to figure out the future of, of their business and how to make that next step. And to hear somebody now uh, who's in your position, who has over 900 doors uh, and over $120 million in real estate, coming from, you know, the humble beginnings of a couple of triplexes is, is really encouraging. Um, yeah. So I guess maybe we should talk about, uh, you know, how do you, uh, syndication is all about raising money, right? And using other people's money to get into these properties, using your experience and your expertise to put their money to work and to earn, you know, a good return. Uh, so you're competing with alternative investments, uh, the stock market. I mean, people can can put these funds elsewhere. How do you how do you work with investors, um, and and how do you how do you communicate the value that real estate has uh, to an investor over some alternatives? That's a great question, and but ultimately, or I think initially, I'm trying to find out where the investor is in their investing, you know, business or or just personal process, you know, of investing. You know, have they invested in real estate before? You know, I'll say, you know, what kind of investing have you done in the past? And pretty quickly, you're going to realize, or you're going to you're going to hear, well, you know, I've always just invested in the stock market, or you know, I'm just learning about real estate, or you know, I just talked to an investor just a few minutes ago, and we went through this same thing, and you know, and and you know. And I asked him, you know, what kind of investing have you done? He said, oh, well, I've owned, you know, real estate for, I, I can't remember how many years he said now. I mean, it's like 20 years or something, but the single family, you know, he's had lots of single family rentals, been in the property management business for a long time, but of single families, you know, so, but this is somebody that, that understands their value of real estate and, and the, the, and how people have built wealth in real estate, but he also understands the risk, you know, of, of investing in general, but also investing in real estate. And, you so know, I imagine and that's I, a that's a much easier conversation than somebody who has never that's right. done their own investing. Um, and this this guy was like ready to invest with us. I mean, just before we even got on the call, you know, him he was just ready to go. And but he understood the value of real estate. And so there are calls where somebody that's only invested, you know, in the stock market or mutual funds, like you're talking about, you know, and 
and they're, they're really hesitant, right? They're really filling us out, trying to figure out, okay, is this some kind of scheme? You know, do I really own part of this building, you know, or what, you know, or is this really what, what it's all cracked up to be or, you know, what everybody says it is. And, and so, you know, I, I try to tell people like we welcome you as an investor, like to, to come and see the property. Like, you know, you're welcome to come and walk the property with us and see, you know, exactly, you know, the property that you own part of. Um, but, you know, what I like about real estate is that you actually own something like it is there. And even if the value drops, guess what? If we can, you know, we're, we're going to, we can wait it out. The value comes back, you know, or, but we still own something. That's and, always know, been one of the most powerful things for me too, Whitney, is, um, you know, how often can you actually go see, feel and touch the asset that you're investing in. Yes. Um, and with your, even if it's with your retirement funds or, um, you know, having access to the actual asset, seeing its condition, being able to drive the neighborhood, uh, learn about the community, you know, walk through the property um, and actually experience what the people that are, are living there experience is, uh, it's powerful. And uh, I think it's, a, it's an opportunity that a lot of people uh, don't realize um, they can get into um, because there's so many other alternative investments out there. And, but it's, it's comforting. And that's what brought me to real estate too, was, um, you know, having that, that physical asset that I can, I can visit and I can, I can get a sense of how well it's being ran and managed. Right. Yeah. I um, mean, we, we control the value ultimately, you know, I mean, right. we, we have so much control over that. And I like to say, okay, you know, if you buy Apple stock, you know, how much control do you have over that? It, it, it doesn't matter how many iPhones you buy, you have no control over the value of what you just purchased. Right. And you probably can't get a meeting with the, the CEO. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So how do you, how do you build your investor list or how do you, how do you find people that might be interested in these type of opportunities? So initially it was going to conferences uh, you know, so I've had, you know, I've had investors from almost every conference that I've been to, and I've been to a bunch, you know, over the last couple of years, just all over the country. And then, you know, that's changed a little bit, you know, as far as, you know, what's been the most productive use of my time as far as networking and meeting investors. Uh, but so initially it was conferences and I still go to a bunch of conferences, but I go to different types of conferences now than maybe I did, you know, when I first started. Uh, but, but now, you know, a lot of it's uh, social media, obviously, you know, we do a daily podcast and, and there's, you know, that's picking up more and more investors now because they're listening to the show and listening to different operators. Then they go to our website and, and uh, you know, sign up on the contact us page and schedule a call and, you know, and we get to talk and, and have that call just like you were, you were talking about. Um, but, you know, social media has been a big thing, you know, as far as different groups, um, you know, that investors are in. And then also, you know, it's, it's places that you may not think of either and, and, and really changing your mindset to where, uh, you know, pretty much everybody you talk to could be a potential investor. You know, it doesn't matter what they're wearing. It doesn't matter what they look like. Uh, I mean, it, and I mean, it's just, it takes you by surprise sometimes, you know. And that's why it's uh, so important, I think, uh, to let people know what you're working on using right. social media or just when, whenever you're able to have a conversation, you know, and not be, not be shy about it. It's, it's right. one thing that I know I've struggled with personally. It's a, uh, I'm a pretty humble. So just expressing what I'm working on and, and telling folks I'm doing, I think creates, creates a little bit of interest. And then you can dive into that and see, see if there's something that you can work on together. Um, well, I, so that leads me to, you know, you've got this daily podcast that you're doing. 
um, and you're creating all this great content, you're bringing in people from all throughout the industry. Um, how do you, how do you even get to that point? Um, to, I mean, you must be putting a significant amount of time into, uh, you know, putting these interviews together, uh, editing, um, how, what's that, how did you get started with that process? And, and what was your intent to do daily, do it daily from the beginning? It was, it was, we've done it daily for over 500 days. And, and um, it was my intent from the very beginning, but we had to build a team and that was crucial. I've, I have never edited the first piece of audio or video and I don't want to, uh, I mean, there's no way I could, there's no way I could keep up if I was trying to do it on myself It is not possible. Um, and so, you know, I've had a good team. I, I've had an assistant or numerous assistants that whole time that were like an executive assistant or personal assistant. But when we started, I also had four VAs, virtual assistants that were all over the world who were doing something different for the podcast almost every day. And then my executive assistant would help me to manage those people. You know, and obviously we had a, you know, a big workflow and template that we would all be able to see and work on. And, uh, you know, so we can make sure that we're staying ahead um, and then or that everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. And then, you know, some of that team's changed a few times, obviously, you know, over that year and a half to two years almost now. Um, but um, uh, but ultimately building that team uh, was crucial um, and, and it has been ever since. And then just being extremely uh, uh, purposeful with my schedule. You know, I've been working full time the whole time as well, while also doing deals and also doing a daily podcast, um, you know, and going through an adoption process and moving twice. And I mean, all wow. kinds of stuff happening, but, but it's all about the team uh, ultimately. And so, you know, I, I wanted it to the point and, and we're there now and have been for a while, but I wanted it to the point to where I'm just doing the interview and everything else is taken care of. Um, and obviously I still provide oversight to a lot of that, but, but ultimately everything else is done. Yeah. I think it's, it's so important to realize, you know, we've, we've each been given 24 hours in the day and um, there's really no way to extend that. So yeah, effective delegation just seems critical um, in this business and any other business that you want to expand in, and especially to get to your level. I, how do you, uh, how did you make that transition or to putting trust into folks and especially with virtual assistants? I mean, you can't, you can't see them, you know, day in and day every hour, you, you know, you don't know if they're, they're logged in and working on your things necessarily, but, or are there, are there systems that you use? Um, what, what were some of the lessons learned early on? I imagine that you went through some folks that didn't work out and, and sure. some that were amazing. Um, uh, you know, using, We've had, uh, I mean, I've done numerous shows just talking about how to use virtual assistants because I've used them for a long time and for lots of things. I could not operate without them. Uh, I mean, it would be, uh, I mean, or I'd be having to hire, you know, people that worked in-house, but it depends on what you're going to use them for. And so if I'm using somebody to edit audio and that's all they're going to do, well, that's one type of virtual assistant. But if I want somebody that's like an executive assistant, that's like my right hand, that's a totally different type of hire. And, and, and that's, you know, so if somebody's Do you editing think that audio, person can be a virtual assistant or does that person have to be in on site with you? They can be completely virtual. There's no reason that they have to be in-house. Uh, I mean, that I know, or, or for my operation anyway, there may be other operations where you do need them to be in-house. I mean, if they're, if they're picking up your dry cleaning or getting your car washed, well, then they sure. need to be close by, you know, but for what I need, you know, I mean, I've got a full-time executive assistant now and I could not make it without her. Um, but, but she's, you know, she is in the States or she's in Texas. Um, and I'll tell you why. So, 
you know, all those other roles, whether like for, let's say just for the podcast, I mean, whether it's editing audio, video, whatever it may be, show notes, you know, all those things that have to get done. Well, those aren't like sensitive. That's not sensitive information. You know, I don't care if it's somebody in the Philippines or India or wherever or China, as long as they can do a good job. Right. right. Uh, and so, you know, I mean, that's it. It's just this repetitive task. I just need to know that they're doing it and that they're doing it, uh, you know, like they need to. And, and to your, your point about knowing whether they're working or not, you know, you can pay a lot, for a lot of things like that. You can pay per task, you know, so that way, you know, you don't even have to worry about that. Uh, or you can pay by the hour. And, and I, so I found I've had the most success with Upwork, Upwork.com. That's where I found a majority of the people that's worked for me. I've used other a, up, uh, virtual assistant agencies, but Upwork has been the best for me. And then, and Upwork actually takes screenshots, you know, of that person's screen, like randomly every so many seconds. It monitors how many keystrokes, how many mouse clicks. So, you know, things like that. And so you can actually see screenshots, you know, of their screen. So you can tell if they've been working or not. Sure. Uh, you know, I've used Upwork a little bit and, and yeah. that's a great feature. You know, I had a, um, I don't have any virtual assistants working with me right now, but um I had uh, one for a while and I, it got to the point where we were making so many transitions in the business that there were not a lot of, we didn't have a lot of process in place for our new, the direction we were going. You know, uh, how much time did you spend up front just creating those routine systems and processes for these virtual assistants to set up or did you, did you have them help you set that up? So, uh, and you mean about the podcast? Sure. Yeah. It seems like that's so, where most of the, the, the work is that, that you're, you're delegating to these virtual assistants. Yeah. I mean, to that team. Yes. You know, at that time, like I said, that team's changed now some, but um, um, I'm drawing a blank. What was your question? The setting up the process. Oh yeah. Setting up the processes. So ultimately in the beginning, doing a daily show, I recorded, you know, almost 60 shows ahead of time. Okay. And, wow. and I, and I did that. So that way I, I knew there were going to be kinks in that team, right? There was going to be, like you said, somebody I'm going to have to replace, or there's going to be a process where, you know, we've got to figure out what comes next. And I wanted, you know, plenty of time uh, to figure that out before we ran out of shows. Okay. That's a and, nice you know, buffer. And, and, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, and, and it's a must, you know, so even if you're doing a weekly show, I tell people, you know, get like two months ahead before you launch, you know, okay, but, sure. uh, you know, or, or more. Uh, so, uh, but, ultimately, you know, having that buffer allowed me to create those processes. So I hired, you know, I hired the team members that I needed. I went to Upwork and, you know, created a job post that this is what I'm looking for and hired that person for this task, like audio editing. Then I found somebody for show notes and then I found somebody to do whatever, you know, else I was needing. And then, you know, I created this, um, like an Excel sheet, but a Google, Google sheet. And I had all the tasks across the top, color coded them per person that's working on, you know, all the tasks that was that was for them. Have you know down the left side, you'll have the the uh, the the show number, you'll have the date that it's going to go, then you'll have the um, the guest name, and then you know then all the tasks that have to happen to produce a good show. You know? Simple but yeah. effective. Very effective. And so, you know, then obviously it's shared with everybody. And then, you know, my, my assistant and I can see, you know, exactly what's happening. I mean, if you have like Monday.com or Asana, you could really mm -hmm. make that really nice, you know, but it, it works, you know, um, you know, just like that, you know, just fine. Uh, yeah. But, and it, I think that's one of the issues is folks like me get hung up in the details sometimes. And it's like, oh my gosh, uh, just to set up the process so that this all works smooth. It's a big, it's a lot of work, but 
once you do it and once you're committed to a certain path, I think that uh, that's how you have a daily, that's how you do a daily podcast with such, uh, such success. The hardest part's getting started. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't, you're not going to improve until you get started. So you got to get started. And then are you using uh, virtual assistants in your real estate business too? Or are you having them help you with uh, due diligence, say on new acquisitions or, um, you know, finding investors, finding new properties? Um, Good question. So, I mean, the biggest thing like, uh, you know, that we would use as virtual, virtual assistance for on the, on the real estate side is, is my executive assistant. I mean, like she's, she's almost handling our entire capital raise right now. Um, you know, as, as wow. a, you know, outside of like investors having specific questions where they want to talk to me, you know, or something like that, but like helping them through the process and making sure the paperwork's complete, the funding's done, you know, like responding to their questions or if they're investing through a trust or IRA, then that, that custodian has documents that they need completed and, you know, and making sure that our, our you know, that investor, you know, creates their account in our portal and, you know, and they know how to log in and all that. So, you know, we have their banking information, you know, like she's handling all that, you know? And so, you know, we're talking like 140 investors or something, you know, in this one deal. And so you can wow. imagine, I mean, there's no way that like I can, you know, do all that by myself, uh, but, but she's handling most of it by herself. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, you know, she's, I found her through Upwork as well. And I'll go back and say, it's all about your description. It's all about your description in Upwork and, and, you know, telling them exactly what you're looking for. Uh, you know, cause the, the more descriptive you can be, the, the less time you're going to spend going through the hiring mm-hmm. process. And I'll say too, like that specific hire, I wanted her to be in the States and I also completed a background check, you know, on her. And so, you know, while the other people, you know, I don't care where they're at and I'm not doing a background check. They're not, they don't have access to sensitive information if they're just editing audio or video, you know, but she has access to, you know, lots of things, you know, that are uh, accounts of mine or whatever, you know, and, and so we work, you know, I mean, she's a full-time employee and she's, is she still working through Upwork with you or have you hired her directly? She's not, she's a direct hire now. Yeah. So that is an option too, is if you can try folks out for a while through Upwork's That's platform right. and potentially hire them full-time after. That's right. Awesome. Well, you know, since, uh, do you have a, a couple of minutes to tell us about the deal that you're, that you are closing right now? Kind of, uh, since it's not going to be open to more investors, I imagine at this point, but, um, would you want mind telling us a little it's bit? It's not open. It? Um, but I should probably wait till after it's closed, honestly. All right. Just be, yeah. Just to be safe. Yeah, no, absolutely. That sounds exciting. Uh, we'll have to, uh, follow up with you and get some of the, the details on how yeah. that turns out. I'm excited to hear about it. Um, well, I appreciate you taking the time. If people do want to look at, uh, you know, any opportunities that you might have coming up in the future um, and or listen to your podcast, certainly, how can we find you? Lifebridgecapital.com. Go to the contact us page. You know, you can sign up there and you'll get an email where you can schedule a call with me or you can go, there's a podcast tab there too. The Real Estate Syndication Show, you can find it on you know, any platform, iTunes, whatever. You can email me, Whitney at lifebridgecapital.com or call or text 540-585-4338. Awesome. Whitney, I know that you also are care about giving back. Um, you're involved with a, a nonprofit. Um, do you have, is it your own nonprofit that you've started? And what, what's yes. the mission? Yeah, no, I appreciate you asking. And, and so my wife and I have committed half of our profits to a nonprofit that we're in the process of creating um, as well. Uh, but uh, 
to give back to helping families adopt children. And so we've been through the adoption process three times. And most people have no idea that there's a hundred, you know, almost 160 million orphans in the world, which is like almost half the size of the U.S. population. Really? And, and to adopt a child, it can cost forty to sixty thousand dollars. And so, wow. like I said, we've been through the process. Well, we've been through the process four times, but had a failed placement. Long story, but but uh, you know, so we have three children. Our family's been been really blessed, uh, you know, by adoption. And and most families, when they hear, you know, it's going to cost forty to sixty thousand dollars, they just they're just like, well, Whitney, that's that's more than I'm making a year, you know. And so that's when we want to be able to call, come along beside them and say, you know, if you'll commit to adopting a child, we want to be able to help you financially through the process as well. So that's, that's the why and the mission behind life. What a great cause. What a great cause. That's awesome. Well, um, thanks again, Whitney. Appreciate it so much. Um, encourage everybody who's watching to check out uh, Whitney's uh, real estate podcast, the real estate syndication show, and uh, find him online if you're interested in learning more. Thanks again, Whitney. Thank you, Jason. Hi there, this is Dustin, producer for the JW Equity Partner Show. Would you want to live forever? Would you like to have unfathomable happiness? Well, good luck with that. But if you're trying to raise money for an investment property or you're just trying to buy or sell commercial real estate, that's more our specialty. So to get started, you can reach out to Jason on his Facebook or LinkedIn pages or check us out at jwequitypartners.com. Thanks again.